0: Genesis chapter 1, and let's notice uh, in verse 26, Genesis the first chapter and the 26th verse. Let's read it together. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And then turn to Genesis 2 and notice with me in verse 7. Ready, read. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Father, we approach your word reverently. We approach it humbly. We approach it with a sense of awe. We thank you for the word of God and the spirit of God. I pray that our eyes would be flooded with light. And our spirits would be strengthened. And that when we leave this place, we will have been encouraged. We will have been challenged. And we will have made the decision to grow greater and stronger in the things of God. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated. So we see that we are made in His image and made in His likeness. In other words... Because we are made in his likeness, we then should be just like him. We are conformed and predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Whatever is like God, we as born again believers should be like. Amen? Amen? Made in his likeness, we are like God. Now I love that verse of scripture in verse 7 of Genesis 2. It says that man became a living soul. Literally in the Hebrew there, it says that man became a speaking spirit. So we know that God operates under the Word of God system in the kingdom of God. And when God desires to see something come to pass, God says it. Just like in Genesis chapter 1, and God said, let there be light, and guess what? God said, God said, God said, and there was. You see, when God says something, it is surely going to come to pass. Because we're made in his image and in his likeness, then we also should be speaking what God said. It should be like this. And Tony said, by his stripes I am healed. And Richard said, all of my needs are met. And Betty said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. <laughs> Those that are made in his image and his likeness, Speak like he said, say what he said, and they see in their lives, just as God saw in his, that it was so. Amen. Hallelujah. Say with me, it's so. It so. It's so. It so. My, father it, My father said it. And it, it so. is so. So now that you're in the kingdom of God, you've got a new way of walking. You've got a new way of living. You can't live for yourself anymore. You're living for Him. And also you've got a new way of talking. I like to call it the language of the redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord... Oh, you can do better than that. Let the redeemed of the Lord... Let Him say so. That He has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. So whatever He is like, then we should pursue what He is like and endeavor in our heart to be just like Him. Amen? Now look at Galatians chapter 5 and notice with me in verse 22. Galatians 5 verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit, which is His presence within us accomplishes, is love. Amen. How many of you know that God commanded us to love one another? He told us to forgive one another. He told us to be tender-hearted toward one another. Now, he wouldn't tell you to do those things if he didn't furnish you the love whereby you could do it. So when you got born again, all of these attributes here in Galatians chapter 5 have been placed on the inside of you. As he is love, so are we in this world. As he is the Lord of joy, we are joy-filled believers in this earth. Say with me, the joy of the Lord, the of the Lord. It, is my it is my strength. Now, of course, you know the love of God needs to be developed. It needs to be watered. It needs to be nurtured. You know, maybe some of you got a source with one another on the way to church. Maybe you had some harsh words to, your, to your, uh, your wife or your husband on the way to church. You know, don't let that bother you. Repent, get up and go on and grow in love. Amen. Or maybe last week you had a tough week and the joy bells weren't ringing. You ever had one of those days where the joy bells weren't ringing? You know, that's why he said, count it all joy. If it was joy, you wouldn't have to count it all joy. I mean, if everything was Jim Dandy, you know, you wouldn't have to count it all joy. But it's in those days of adversity that you count it all joy. And when you do count it all joy, your joy will grow. And you'll develop in it. Now, what I want to continue on today is Faithful and True, the second installment of our series here. So notice with me, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy peace patience and even temper forbearance kindness goodness benevolence and faithfulness everyone say faithfulness now your translation may say faith but really the original greek says faithfulness so faithfulness should not be foreign to the born-again believer as he is faithful so what me we must be in this earth is faithful Amen? amen oh hallelujah now, I believe this with all my heart. God has placed some abilities on the inside of you. He's given you some gifting. He's given you some talents. And I want to take a look at Matthew chapter 25 this morning. So let's go over there. Matthew 25, 14. For the kingdom of heaven is a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto him his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, another he gave two, another he gave one. One. Now notice, to every man, according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. The Amplified says, to each in proportion to his own personal ability. In other words, according to their ability. He knew the guy that he gave five could handle five. He knew the guy that he gave two could handle two. He knew that he gave when he gave the guy one, he could handle the one. So he knows our gifts, he knows our abilities, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. He is our creator. Now there's something about this that we want to look at today. Every one of us have abilities, and then along with the abilities that he gives us, he also gives us opportunities to exercise the abilities in which he gives us. So the question we must ask ourselves, and I ask myself all the time, what am I doing... With the abilities that God has given me. What are you doing with the grace deposits that he's put on the inside of you? Amen? Notice verse 16. Then he which had received the five went and traded the same and made five other talents. Likewise, he that received the two, and he gained two. But he that received one, he went and dug in the earth and hid his Lord's money and dug a hole and hid it. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and reckoned with him. In other words, they had to give an account to him. How many of you know there's coming a day where we must give account to the Lord for what he's placed on the inside of us? Amen. Amen. Verse 20. So he that had received five talents came and brought five others. Lord, you delivered me these five and behold, I have gained five more. So he doubled it. Everyone say, double is doable. doable. Now notice what the Lord said to him. And this is what you want to hear. Believe me, you want to hear this. Here's what the Lord said. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. And I'm going to make you ruler over many things. And then he says, enter in to the joy of the Lord. Was the Lord pleased with him? Absolutely. Now notice, he also had received two, verse 22, talents, said, Lord, you delivered unto me these two talents, and behold, I have gained two others beside them. And as Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant, you've been a faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler over many things, enter into the joy of the Lord. Now there's something interesting about this. Both of them experienced the same commendation. Jesus commended both of them. See, the guy with two couldn't double it or quadruple it and have ten. He wasn't given that much. So he commended the guy with the five. He commended the guy with the two the same way. I wonder, does God honor faithfulness? Now, it's unreasonable for us to think that we're going to hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. If we show up to church every once in a while. It's, it's not reasonable to expect to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, if he's poured all these abilities on the inside of us and we never used it for the glory of God. And guess what? It's time to be about it now. Because guess what? You can't do anything about it when you get to heaven. Now here's the good news, you're not there yet. And so it's important then that we examine ourselves and that we need to make the adjustments that we need to make so that we can hear, well done, not undone. I don't want to go up there and have him look at me like, Mark, well, look at your name and say, well done. well done. You know, he's so good to us. He loves us so much. That, you know, if you've kind of flubbed around and not done much in the kingdom of God, you can make the adjustment today. You can roll up your sleeves and say, yes, Lord, yes. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I am here for you. Thank you, Lord. Verse 24. Then he which had received the one talent said, Lord, I knew that you are a hard man. Reaping we have not sown, and gathering we have not strawed. And he said, I was afraid. And he went and hid his talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. How many of you know fear came on him? Now here's a truth that I know to be true. Fear will always keep you from being faithful. Fear, for whatever reason, will always keep you from doing the will of God. Well, I just have this little talent. Listen, little becomes much when you put it in the hand of the master. Yeah, but you know, I've served here and served there and I've been burned. Listen, you're not going to get burned in this place. You're going to be loved in this place. God is going to honor you and the gifts that you have in this place. And then oftentimes people don't serve because of inadequacies. They uh, don't serve because of Um, insecurities well who am I I'll tell you who you are you're complete in him I'll try that for this side I'll tell you who you are you are complete in him I'll tell you who you are you're a new creation you're his workmanship you are not a nobody you're a somebody in the eyes of God and you shouldn't compare yourself among one another You know, I can go to great big huge conventions with pastors of 15,000, 20,000 people. And and I could feel this high if I allowed myself to. But no, I don't. I just act in there like I I walk in there like I'm a big shot. How many of you running, Pastor? I'm running as many as I can. Woo! Glory. Amen. So don't devalue yourself by trying to compare yourself with Pastor Tom. Don't devalue yourself for trying to compare yourself with Tony. You know, Tony may go out on the street and win 200 people in one day. But maybe you're not called to win 200 people in one day. Maybe you're called to meet the needs of the people at home. And those babies at home. Get them into church. Get them in the kingdom of God. Listen, you be faithful with a few. I think I'm preaching all right now. So don't let fear keep you from being faithful. Verse 26. His Lord answered and said, You wicked and slothful servant. And that's the bottom line with some people. Some folks are just flat lazy. And that's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) The wicked and slothful servant. (laughs) You knew that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not strawed. You ought to have put my money to the exchanger's and at my coming, I should have received my own you with usury. You see, here's the bottom line he expects a return. Now, how many of you work in the marketplace where they set goals? They have quotas. There's an expectation from the employer to the employee to produce, to perform, to execute. Is that right? Now let's take an NBA championship team, and the superstar is seven foot three tall, but he's lazy. He won't train in the off-season. He comes to training overweight and lazy, and he's relying completely and totally on his talent. How many of you know that talent will not go very far? And a good coach will not let that big lazy boy, that lazy man, he will not let him slough off. He will do his level best... To get that man to execute and to perform and to be his very best. Now, I'm telling you, you've got a heavenly coach on the inside of you. And he expects a return on what he's placed on the inside of you. And he's not going to let you just sit by and sit back and let everyone else do all the work. He's expecting you to grow, to develop, and to say, Here I am, Lord, use me for your glory. Wow, that's good preaching. Woo! Yeah. Amen. You're better. We are better than just coasting through life. Verse 28. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which has ten talents. I guess God's not into socialism, is he? Hello. Verse 29. Verse 29. For unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he that hath abundance, from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he has. Oh, dear friends, you want to be faithful. Put your hand over in your heart, close your eyes and say, Lord, I desire to be faithful. Look at Psalm 31, verse 23. Did you wear your shouting clothes today? Hey, this is a shouting message. This is not a scolding message. This is not a legalistic message. This is a message that will help you. And by the way, please, don't serve in this church out of love for Brenda and I. Or out of love for Pastor Tom and Kimberly. Or out of love for Pastor Nancy. It's wonderful that you love us, but you be around us long enough, you'll find something not to love about us. (laughs) You'll find something to get miffed about. Well, I'm going to take my kids another play. It's the truth. We're just human beings. You do not serve in this church because of Pastor Mark or Pastor Tom. You serve in this church unto Him. You love us, but you love Him more. And that will keep you at your post And keep you at your station so that you don't leave and go out there and just get devoured. Man, I'm telling you. In Psalm 31, verse 23. And then, you know, people pray and they say, oh, God, use me, use me. Lord, use me. Jesus, use me. And then the Lord starts using them. And after a while they say, well, I just feel like I'm being
1: used. (laughs)
0: Let me help you out a little bit. First of all, get the wine out of your life. Winers are not winners. It's good to pray, use me. And when he starts using you, it's an honor to be used. Now let me flip the coin a little bit. There's a lot of people in the church that are being overused because some people aren't being used at all. Oh. And the reason why they're not being used at all is not because we will not use them. The reason is they will not show up to be used. How many of you still love me? Man, I'm glad we received the offering already. Thank you, Lord. Did you wear your shouting clothes? Look at Psalm 31, verse 23. <laughs> Psalm 31, 23 says, Oh, love the Lord, all you his saints. For the Lord preserves the faithful, and He plentifully rewards the proud doer. One translation says, Love the Lord, you godly ones, for the Lord protects faithful people. He will preserve, and He will keep you. Amen? This is not necessarily for people that just show up for church on Easter or Christmas. Now, I understand a lot of folks don't like this kind of preaching. They don't want to hear this. After all, you know, Pastor, this is not politically correct. I'm not running for office. This may not be politically correct, but it is scripturally correct. Amen? And so then, we should be on a quest in Christ to find out more about what does it mean to be faithful because i know myself i can grow in it you can grow in it in proverbs 28 notice with me in verse 20 and we're gonna look at this in the niv new international version niv would you read it with me ready please a faithful man will be richly blessed But one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. Just keep that up there for a moment. Richly what? The word richly means abundantly, amply, and magnificently. Now understand this. and I've preached this before. The blessing part is His responsibility. The faithfulness part is our responsibility. Amen? Just simply put, put is this. You don't qualify for more if you're not faithful with what you've already been given. And so the question is, and I have to ask myself this, am I faithful to what God has given me? And you know, increase and being blessed coming in and blessed going out, it's not about crying. It's not about pushing for more. It's not about making 10,000 confessions. It's not about fasting. It's simply about doing the will of God and qualifying to get to a position where God can do it for you. It's getting mighty quiet in this First Presbyterian church. If I'm not seeking first the kingdom of God, I can't expect all things to be added to me. If I'm not faithful, I cannot expect the blessings to come upon me and overtake me. Now look at Luke 16, verse 10. That went over real big. All right. Luke 16, verse 10. Stick with me. Don't leave. This is good. This will help you. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. So how we handle what God has given us, no matter how small or how large, determines whether we'll be given more. If He's going to add to us We must be faithful right here, right now, even though what we are doing may seem insignificant and seem small. The size of the ability, the size of the responsibility, my dear friends, is not the issue here. The issue is, he's looking at your heart. He's looking at your heart. What are you doing With the little opportunities. I believe God is looking for a person that will handle a five dollar assignment. Just like they'd handle a million dollar assignment. I'll be honest with you. God is looking for some go-to people in his kingdom. He's looking for some people who he can knock on the door of their heart and say, Son, daughter, I want you to sow this into this person's life. I get so excited when I hear of miracles and great, wonderful things happening in our church. This week, just an example of it. A lady in our church received a brand new automobile, debt-free. Just handed her the keys. And I'll tell you that she's one of the most faithful people in the church. She wasn't walking around confessing, believing that person's going to give me a brand new car. Shambhala-baba. shambhala baba She wasn't laying faith hints and using manipulation. No, she was just about her father's business day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out, decade in, decade out. Come on, somebody. Just being faithful. God knows the address of men and women who will honor him with these little assignments. Oh, come on, somebody. Say it with me. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Use me for your glory. Take it seriously. If you're an usher in this church, take it seriously. If you're committed to the music team, take it seriously. If you've given your word to be there, then be there. If you've given your word to serve in the nursery, then be there. Because if you're not there, someone else has to be there. And that someone else who is there is always there. And the problem is, they're there too much. And they need to be in here. We need to get some people out of there, in here, and some people in here, in there. Don't ask me to say that again. Amen. Take your post seriously honor what God's given you whatever he's called you to do whatever he says to you just do it and do it with a big smile on your face honoring God and glorifying him every step of the way hallelujah so here's what faithfulness means it means to be stable it means to be steady it means to be reliable It means to be trustworthy. It means to be dependable. We're talking about the nature and character of God. Amen? He is completely trustworthy, totally dependable. He is faithful. He is utterly reliable. He is worth all of your trust. Say it with me. Trustworthy Trustworthy. and and reliable. And so then, if a person is faithful, you can trust them. You can rely on them. Amen. You know, when people are new and they come to the church and they want to have this ownership of this ministry and ownership of that ministry, I'm not going to give it to them. You know why? Because they haven't proven themselves. It takes time to prove yourself. It takes time and training to be in a position to handle the kind of trustworthiness that God will show and sow into your life. You see, you can reduce this into one word and to one thought. And that is this. Who is faithful? What is faithful? One word. God. Say God. He's our great example. And everything you need to know, and everything I need to know about faithfulness can be seen in Him. Question mark. Can we trust him? I mean like completely. Can we rely on him? Absolutely. Now let's turn it around the other way. What about us? Can he trust us? Can he rely on us? I'm telling you. He's looking for people that he can rely on. Hallelujah. All of us should be a go-to person for the kingdom of God. He whispers something on the inside of you. I want you to call Sister Sally. She's been a little bit discouraged lately. I want you to call and just encourage her in me. Or, I want you to cook a meal for Brother Joe. Brother Joe's been a little down since the passing of his wife. I want you to cook him a nice five-course meal and bring it over to Joe. Well, Pastor, just... Is that God or the devil? The devil's not going to call you to make a five-course meal for Brother Joe. Huh? Just be that go-to person. Be that go-to person. I can remember Dad Hagen sharing this. He was pastoring way, way back in the 40s. And back in those days, you know, it was very, very, very difficult to pastor or to be an evangelist. I mean, $5 in the 40s was a lot of money. And uh, some evangelist had just gotten off the Greyhound bus in his town. Brother Hagin saw him get off. He didn't know why in the world he had stopped. And so the Lord spoke to Brother Hagin. He says, I want you to have him preach in your church tonight. And then the young man came, preached in the church, and he says, I want you to give him $10. Well, $10 is all the money he had in the world. It's all the money that the church had. And, you know, of course, I'm sure Dad Hagan, just like anybody else, maybe thought of rebuking the devil. But he gave him that $10 offering. And he found out that this young man had completely run out of money. And that's as far as his bus ticket would take him. And he was on his way to another town. And the Lord spoke to Brother Hagan and said, he's going to be the next pastor of that church in that town. And so the young man, after the service, told him and testified to him, you know, what had happened, that he had run out of money. This is as far as his ticket would take him. And he says, I'm going down to such and such a town to preach next week. And the Lord had spoken to Brother Hagen earlier and said, he'll be the next pastor of that church. So Dad Hagen stopped him and says, don't tell me anymore. He says, you're going to such and such a town, and I want you to know that you'll be the next pastor of that church. Yeah. And he was. Now, fast forward in time. Fast forward in time. A lady in in, in one of his ministries, in one of his churches, was dying of cancer. She was on the verge of her deathbed. She was just about down and out. I think she had a big tumor in her body. And the Lord spoke to Brother Hay and said, go over there and pray for her. And do this and do that. Minister in a certain way, in a special way. He did. God did. And she was completely healed instantly. That same day, they're out in the backyard eating watermelon. In a hot Texas sunshine. And later on that day, the Lord spoke to Brother Hagin and said, if you, hadn't, if you hadn't trusted me with that $10 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to trust you with this healing today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you getting it? Yeah, faithful. See, that might seem like a small thing. What you're doing may seem like a small thing. But you keep doing it. You keep glorifying God. Mm-hmm. And you keep honoring Him with it. And He'll see it, see to it that you become have greater responsibility and greater blessing in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. 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 Now we're not going to have a lot of time to go much further in this. We will continue on. But let's ask ourselves this question. What is it about him that makes him faithful? When we understand what it is about him that makes him faithful, then we can do our level best to be the same way. What is it that makes him faithful? I'll tell you what it is. Number one, he is always there. (laughs) Isn't he? Has there ever, listen, has there ever been a time in your life where he wasn't there for you? Has there ever been a time in your life where he didn't show up? Has there ever been a time in your life where he was late? I mean, think about it. What if he was late to the Red Sea? And it would have been the the Egyptians that were in in the sea. It would have been the children of Israel. He's always there. Notice with me in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. And in, the, and in the Greek, he says this three times. Three times. Because he wants us to be confident in this. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not. I will not. I will not leave you uh, in any degree helpless." Nor forsake you. Or let you down. I will not relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. So he's always going to be there. Whether we feel like it or not. Can you count on him? How do we see? How do we know his faithfulness? He is there. He's there. You cannot be faithful... And not be there. Can you be a faithful mom or dad or an employer or a leader or a church member if you're never there? Absolutely not. He is always there. Say it with me. Being faithful faithful. is being there. there. Say it again. Being faithful faithful. is being being there. Well, I'm telling you, friends, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Listen, he's not only for us, he's not only there with us, but he's living on the inside of us. Amen. Amen. You can't be a faithful mom, you can't be a faithful dad, unless you're there. I can remember years ago, when we were in Paris, getting ready to preach a full week in a Bible school in France... And then getting ready to speak the next week in a Bible school in Rome. Needless to say, we were very excited about it. Extremely excited about it. I got a phone call and my youngest son was on the verge of a nervous breakdown. It didn't even... I didn't even think of staying there. Because my place was not there. My place was here with my child. Are you listening to me? You see, you can't be a faithful dad unless you're there. You can't be a faithful church member unless you're there. You've got to be there and be all there. So the question is, is are you where you're supposed to be? Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Say it with me, being faithful faithful. is being there. Look at Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20. Matthew 28 verse 20. I know God's speaking to people today. I know He is. Matthew 28 verse 20. He says, Teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Even what? Even to the end of the world. One translation says, be sure of this, that I am with you always. If an employee is faithful, how would you know it? They're there. If a church member is faithful, how would you know it? They're there. I can't imagine him being unfaithful. Now, let's look at a couple quick examples in closing today. Are you cold, honey? Oh, you're just sneezing? God bless that sneeze in Jesus. Here. Jonathan's armor bearer. Jonathan's armor bearer. Jonathan sees a, a, a troop that, that he needs to overcome. And all that Jonathan has with him is himself and an armor-bearer. And he says to his armor-bearer, he says, you know what? I believe we can take him. And his armor-bearer didn't take a sick day. Can I go home now? No. Here's what his armor-bearer said. He said, I am with you. Do what you have in your heart. And God gave him a miracle. Do what you have in your heart. Hmm he was there. I think about Ruth. And I think about Naomi. How many of you know that Naomi and Ruth and Ruth's sister experienced great tragedy? Naomi's husband's died. Ruth's husband died. Her sister's husband died. And so Naomi says, you know, I've got to go over here. But I want you to stay here because you can go To your in-laws house and you'll be okay let's pick it up in Ruth chapter 1 verse 8 this is very important and Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law go return each to her mother's house the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me verse 9 the Lord grant you that you might find rest each in the house of her husband verse 14 Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Oprah kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth claved to her. She clung to her. And she said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But notice what Ruth said. Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I'm going to lodge. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your people shall be my people, and your God shall be my God. And where you die, that's where I'll die. And there will I be buried. And the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. You know what Ruth is saying? I'm here. I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to follow you with all of my heart. Did you know that Ruth got a breakthrough? She came into contact with her kinsman redeemer. And his name was Boaz. And Ruth was blessed. Because she didn't stay where her sister stayed. She followed the will of God with all of her heart. My friends, if you'll follow the will of God you follow the path that God's got for you. You will take the God-ordained steps that God's got for you. You will find yourself in your wealthy place. I believe this, that God's got a wealthy place for all of His kids. And a wealthy place in God is not just having money, but a wealthy place in God is having strength. It's having ability. It's having health. It's having days of heaven on earth with your family. Woo! Glory to God. Had Ruth not been faithful, she would not have experienced redemption. And I'm looking at a congregation today that I know have a heart for God. But there's some of you, your flesh, just honest, honesty, your flesh has held you back. Some of you, your inadequacies have kept you out of the will of God and the plan of God. Today, it's time for you to make some adjustments. And say, Lord, wherever you lead, I'm going. Whatever you say, I'm doing. Amen. Think about Elisha and Elijah. How many of you know that Elijah was used marvelously of God? What was Elijah known for? Elijah was known for miracle upon miracle upon miracle upon miracle. I mean, Elijah called fire down from heaven and it consumed the offering. Remember that? I mean, it was a powerful time. And the prophets of Baal, man, their their knees were shaken. Why? Because the God of Elijah showed up. Now, Elijah had a servant. His name was what? Okay, Elijah and Elisha was there to serve the man of God. And so wherever Elijah went, Elisha went. Elisha was his apprentice, if you will. And whatever Elijah needed, Elisha was there to see to it that Elijah had what he needed. He was there. He was faithful. Faithful. And Elijah, one day, told Elisha, he said, now, I'm going to go over here, but you don't need to go. You you just stay here. And then another time he said, I'm going to go over there, and you don't need to come. You just stay here. But here's Elisha's attitude. Elisha said this, Elijah As thy soul liveth, I will not leave you. As your soul lives, Elijah, I'm there for you. I'm here with you. I will not leave you because you are my God assignment. Come on, somebody. Elisha knew the will of God. Elisha knew the plan of God. Listen, Elisha was in training just like some of you are in training for greater things. And you're not here to serve Pastor Tom or serve me. Don't get me wrong. You're here to serve the Lord. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. And then there came a day, whoo, glory. Where Elisha, a great whirlwind came. Everybody was go shh, Sounds good. <laughs> Try one more time. Shh. What did that whirlwind do? Whoo. All of a sudden, Elijah was no moss. He got caught up. Elijah had finished his race, he had finished his course. But you know, before Elijah left, he turned to his servant Elisha. He says, What is it, Elisha, that you want anyway? And Elisha was a prosperity man. He says, I want double. I want double. I want a double portion, baby. I want twice what you got. Oh, whoo. Glory to God. I want a double portion. And so the whirlwind comes and the mantle, which was a coat, which represented the anointing, it fell on the ground. And Elisha found the mantle. And picked it up. Put it on. And said, where is the Lord God of Elisha? And did you know, it's recorded in the book, the B-I-B-L-E, that Elisha had twice as many miracles as Elijah did. (laughs) Because he was faithful In that which was little. And he became ruler over much. I'm looking at a congregation filled with potential for greater glory. Filled with potential for greater strength. Greater prosperity. Greater things for you. So don't take lightly or esteem lightly. God assignments that he's given you for as you do them you will position yourself for greater things and more things things that if your eyes could see right now you would find it hard to believe but our God is the great planner he's got paths for you to walk in my prayer for you this day and for me as pastor that we would all grow That we would all develop in faithfulness. And for those of you that haven't been consecrated and haven't been committed, don't take this message as condemnation. Take this message as a challenge. Because God is persuaded of much better things for all of us and for you. Did you get anything today? Let's all stand to our feet. Amen. Pastor Tom, come and help me out just a moment, sweetheart. You got something? I'm glad it when my wife has something. I know it's not the hokey pokey either.
1: and don't think that just your faithfulness only affects you. Yeah. But your faithfulness affects your children. Yeah. It affects generations to come. When he was talking about Ruth, I was reminded. Ruth married Boaz. They had a son by the name of Obed. Obed had a son by the name of Jesse. Yeah. Jesse had a son by the name of David. Because of her faithfulness to her mother-in-law. Because of her faithfulness to the God. Of her mother in law, Ruth became the great grandmother of David, and she is mentioned in the lineage of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithfulness touches generations to come. A faithful man, a faithful woman abound with blessings, but that blessing will extend out to generations to come. If you will step into your call, if you will do what God's called you to do, it will cause your family to have the blessings of yes. the Lord overtake them. Yes. In the name of Jesus.
0: That's awesome. That's that is awesome. Honey, I'm so glad you obeyed the Lord. Because I know that in between services, God was talking to me about children. And I for some reason, I missed, I missed that. And you picked it up. It can affect your whole family. It can affect your whole family. Your whole family. Now listen, I know that this can be done... Without an altar call, this can be done by a simple consecration and a simple commitment to the Lord. So as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, how many of you this message spoke to your heart today? Just raise your hand. We're not going to ask you to come. How many of you want to make a fresh consecration and a fresh commitment to the Lord today? To His will, to His plan. Hallelujah.